Hey, yo, 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 we back at it again. It's your boy Ray, Ray Ray's Podcast, live from the ninth floor at Hello Studios, beautiful downtown Dallas. Happy New New Year to you, your family. Hope everyone has, you know, many blessings and success this year. You know, let, let's get to it. First podcast of the new year. We got First a major, major, major guest in the building. Yeah, yeah. Major guest alert. Major bag alert in the building. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for all of our sponsors. Everyone has, you know, contributed to Ray Ray's podcast. We appreciate that. Man, there's a lot of things that's about to be changing the Ray Ray's podcast. New shows coming that's coming underneath the Ray Ray's podcast umbrella. Stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that at a later date. But you know how we have to start the show off. You know, we got to start off with them affirmations. You know, people be going through some hard times. I know the holidays may be rough for some people that may not have their loved ones here or may not feel love. But, you know, let's let's get your swagger back, all right? Let's get a swagger check real quick, all right? So everyone, listen to the sound of my voice, watching this video, look yourself in the mirror if you can. You know, get your Birdman hands together. Tell yourself, you tell anybody, just in case someone's told you today, tell yourself, you're beautiful, you're loved, you need it. Lie for a reason. Hey, you're stronger than you think. Hey, you're gonna get through this. See, here at Ray Ray's Pat pa- on, on my podcast, I'm glad you're alive and don't give up. So, when you say those positive words to yourself and hard times come, you just remember that stuff. It'll help you get through any situation. All right. Now we got the serious stuff out the way. Let's get let's get to some let's get into some stuff today. All right, yeah, yeah. man. So I'm gonna tell you about today's guest I got today. Man, this guy is like super. Super talented, like super, super, like talented ain't even the word. They got to come up with a new word for this guy in a dictionary. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see if I can help them and get my credit on the word. I'm going to tag it or whatever. Yo, we got Grammy-nominated platinum producer Jay Oliver in the building. What up, fam? What up, what up, what up? Appreciate you rocking with us today, coming in. You know what I'm saying? Ray Ray's podcast. We appreciate that, man. Give you some love, man. So what's been going on, bro? Man, another year man just glad to make it to this this new year you know last year was rough like you said you know everybody fighting demons we all fighting demons um and it's just really just trying to stick to this plan this year with my team you know my family and just you know get to the goals man travel see the world you know man we trying to travel to bro man shit i'm trying yo i was really trying to go to japan this summer to be honest with you um they opened up uh the borders for us to come through for real so you know, I want to check out Japan. You know, I done been to a lot of places. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Asia, you know, uh, other parts of Asia. But really just want to go to Asia. For yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely on my bucket list to go to Asia. Yeah. Um, so, man, we're going to dive right into it. We're going we to get to the good stuff, all right? You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Grammy-nominated producer, yeah. platinum producer. Let's start it off, man. So what got you into music, fam? Shit, really? I just started making mute like for real for real, I was singing on the choir like I was a choir boy so you know I was singing you know and then I just started making my own beats because I wanted to record the stuff when I was younger so me and my brothers we just started making beats me Damani and uh, Jamal and it was really just us three and we did it because we just liked to do it we didn't do it because niggas were trying to get a check you know what I'm saying like we was just doing it because we actually had the love for it unlike how it is nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, people just do it for a check real oh, quick. For sure. For sure. 
So, we, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, you're from Baltimore, b more. Yeah, Baltimore in the building, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you in the D, Dallas, Texas. Yes, sir, Dallas in the building. So talk, talk to us, how, how, how did you come from b more to, to Dallas? How, how did that happen? So I was living in Miami with uh, Brian McKinney, a football player. Used to play for the Ravens, and I was down there just floating around, and I met a guy down there named Radio Raheem. I know and, radio. Um, radio was like, yo, you know, I'm looking for an artist. I want to sign an artist, you know, and I was dead broke at the time. He had no bread for real. So, you know, I was like, with it. I was like, man, they need a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, he blessed my game, brought me to Dallas, and then, you know, the rest is history. I, I was signing him for a little bit. Um, he helped raise me as far as business. Um, you know, I was doing my thing musically. And then, like, when I got out of my contract with radio, I didn't want to leave Dallas. I loved it. Like, yeah. it's not a, another place I'd rather be besides Dallas, you know. So I decided to stay here. That's what I tell people. Like, yo, Dallas is a spot to be. Like, it's booming, like, business-wise, yeah. arts-wise. Everything in Dallas is really booming right now. I don't know why we can't get no NBA players to come to Dallas. Yo, though. everybody always <laughs> asks me, like, yo, why your friends don't be coming out of Dallas <laughs> to play bad? And I'm just like, bro, like, oh, I mean, mm, we can I'm, speculate, but, you know. I mean, if you think about the from the money aspect, bro, no, say tax. That's that's yo. You know, that's the first thing y'all say to me whenever y'all mention a player coming down here. Well, yo, I don't get it, no state tax. But at, at the same time, it's not always about that. It ain't always about that. But it's hard to beat out, you know, your Miami's, your New York's, your your really big, you know, you know, jumping media cities. Mm -hmm. But Dallas is getting that getting yeah, that way towards it's, the it's media. Getting it's, it's getting there, but, but like y'all kind of added extra baggage bringing Luca here. So now you are really probably not gonna get no stars. So you know. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that later. We're gonna, we gonna talk about that I later. Right? I just gotta be I gotta be honest, man. I gotta be honest. I love Luca. I love his I love love what he's doing, which you know that game just don't work for other people. So All right. So you so you mentioned you were you know you were signed to radio. You shout out to radio, I'm on radio like a long time. Mm -hmm. So are you currently signing anyone or are you independent? No, nah, so right now, um, I'm independent and it's crazy because I've been working on a couple deals with some uh publishers uh the last part of the year and uh we resume we'll probably start resuming talks next week. <clears throat> I haven't even told anybody this honestly. Yeah. This is the first time I'm telling anybody but exclusive exclusive. Yeah, so um, you know, working on a, some contract situations, had meetings, not gonna say the names just yet because yeah. you know I want everything to go through first. But yeah, definitely about to make it happen for sure. Facts, facts. So um, I want I want to ask you a question because I feel like there's a difference. Talk to me about what is it like working with a major artist versus working with someone who's independent. Um, <clears throat> it, the difference is the money. Like, let me stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, when you when you working, you know, of course, you know, the money is definitely the difference between working with an independent and a major, but. When you're working with majors, you really don't really have control over that. If it's not your artist, you don't really have the control over the direction that they're going in. Um, you could try. You're supposed to kind of help with that as a producer, but you don't really have the control over that. Um, it's harder to work with majors. You know, you have to deal with ego, attitude, and you have to deal with A&Rs and stuff like that. Versus when you're working with the independents, it's usually you're working with the artist, the manager, and maybe whoever the label hit is, you know. Um, and it's better working with independents because they kind of see a vision with you, you know, yeah. versus the majors. They don't really see that vision. And they all, most of them, majority of them are assholes. I only fuck with them like that. Like, like they, they just be on their shit, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Um, so, like, when niggas get to be to that major stage, I'd be like, bro, like when you start meeting these niggas, you'd be like, bro, I don't even want to work with you for real. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how it's been, you know, in my career. You feel like independent people are kind of more humble? You know, they're like, you know, try to get to it, you know, um, try to grind with it 
versus someone that's already they, established like man i ain't gotta no artist to me is humble but i will say that the independent level yeah you can get a more of a humbleness out of them versus the majors but i don't think no artist is really humble you know what i'm saying like i mean you got your your niggas who walk around you know the locals that walk around thinking that you're supposed to know who they are you yeah. know what i'm saying like nigga I, nigga I don't know you nigga you know what i'm saying like but you still get that you know what i'm saying from time to time so Man, that's like mommy, man. I go to Concrete Cowboy up in Frisco. My boy uh, on it, Rico. Uh-huh. Shout out Rico. And uh, I don't know who, this artist may even hear hear, uh, hear this podcast. I don't, I don't even know who his name. He was. I know he walked in there. He had this big old jet chain of a jet. Uh-huh. I'm like, who is this guy? He act like he owned the place and just like, yo, yo, play my music, play my music. I don't know and I could tell is. the DJ was like aggravated, like, Yo, whatever. DJs, DJs get mad when you do shit like that. I mean, yeah. if you're showing a DJ love, then you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. But like, sometimes niggas just think that you're just supposed to do whatever for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you're just supposed to do whatever. Like, nah. But I, I don't know who that is. That you yeah, I don't, about. I don't know me either. But I guess he paid the DJ or something or got him some drinks, yeah. and the DJ I guess eventually played yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. And they played it. I'm like, bro, I expected something to be lit. Then the song drop. I'm like, this is mid as fuck, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, y'all be hype. I understand it is a hype yourself, but like, yo. said that man's song was mid. I mean, it is what it is. They better come holler at me for a beat. <laughs> he talking about mid. Since we're talking about beats real quick, man, um, when you're uh, getting in there and you're ready to go make a track or whatever, uh-huh. do you like specifically tailor tracks for certain people? Like, okay, I have this track in mind for this particular artist. Is that what you do or you just? Yeah, I mean, it's really, with me, it really be like, whatever for real like however i'm feeling is what i like like do like like the other day i wasn't in the mood to make no turn up stuff so i was like yo i'm working on some r&b stuff you feel what i'm saying yeah. so i just started working on some i was listening to this jacquees song um that he just dropped this new banger with him and summer walker in black yeah and I, I heard that, that. Banger, yeah. and i was like yeah i was inspired by it so i was like i want to make some r&b music you feel what i'm saying um but you know it really just depend for real um yeah. but I've gotten better at tailoring tracks for people. It's stuff that I wish that I did back in when I was younger. I wish I did it back then because I would be a lot further than I am right now. But, you know, which is crazy because it should be common sense. But, you know, I didn't do it. So, it, I mean, it's really whatever for real when it goes into making something. But I can't. T- if somebody called me and said, yo, I need a track like this, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Because I, like, I feel like some people are like, yo, I won't. You know, they, everybody wait for that Drake phone call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah, yeah. wait for Good that luck. Drake phone call. Keep waiting because it's never coming. <laughs> You're never going to get that call from the guy from the six. So I want you to talk about something real quick because I feel like there's a difference. Talk to me. What is a, what's the difference between someone that is a producer versus someone that just makes beats? Um, I, Exactly what you just said. A producer don't never have to touch nothing. Like he don't got to make no beat. He don't got to sit there. Like he don't have to do none of that stuff when it comes to programming. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like. A producer usually sees the record from start to finish. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They can help write it, you know, come up with melodies. They can engineer it. They can see it start to finish. A beat maker, he just going to email you a whole thousand bunch of beats and be like, yo, check my beats out. You know what I'm saying? But he going to go in the room. I see it all the time. These niggas go in the room. They're sitting in the back in the chair. And the artist will look at it like, yo, what you think? Yeah, that shit dope. Yeah. Yeah, that shit dope. Whole time shit be garbage. A nigga need to redo the tape. Like, that's what a beat maker is. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I mean, it's, it's it's no shade to them because, you know, it's a lot of people who make some dope beats. But, yeah. you know, it's just a difference between a producer and a beat maker. Like me, on the other hand, I'll write a whole song. I'll produce it. I'll record it. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I won't do is mix it, which, yeah. you know, the engineer yeah. does. I wish I was better at that, but I'm not. 
Um, but yeah, that's basically the difference between a producer and a beat maker. Because, you know, I was talking to my boy Tight. Shout out Tight. 1205. Uh, crazy album, the Tight 1205 project that you produce. Uh-huh. And one of the things talking with Tight, and uh, he said it on the podcast too, he's like, the joy, he, he enjoyed working with you because you're the one to tell him, like, yo, that shit's not, that's not what that is. He's yeah. like, you don't want to tell him, like, coach him or whatever. Teach him how to be current yeah. as well, too. So, shout yeah. out to boy Tight 205, which that whole project was shout crazy. Out, shout, shout out to Tight. That's my motherfucking dog, man. I love Tight, man. Shout out to Tight. Yeah, so if you ain't got that 1205 or heard that 1205, go listen to that 1205 now. That, sh- that shit's crazy fire. Every track every track on that whole is fire. And produced by, me. by, by Jay yeah, Oliver. Tight, tight, I ain't going to lie. Tight spent a pretty penny on that project. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not cheap. <laughs> and you know he invested in himself, and that man, I gained, a, I gained a brother for life. So I appreciate Tight, and you know, much love to him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I noticed too when we had the listening session for, for that album, like mm-hmm. I saw you like just you just vibing out to it. Like, what is that like after you have a project completed and just listening to it? After it's completed, like tell me what that feeling. Well, is like I mean, you. sometimes you listen to it and you listen to see like what, like what, like I said, working with many majors and independents different. So like working with tight, I already knew what it was going to sound like because we went in on a project together. So it was just like me just vibing, listening to it, like, 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 damn, this shit is dope. You know what I'm saying? Versus if I listen to a major, like for instance, Tory Lanez, I did something on Tory Lanez last album and he dropped it. And I heard it. Luckily, I heard it when I was in Toronto. He played it, you know, for me, and I heard it before it came out. But usually we don't hear the record before it come out. So yeah. the record could come out, and you could be like, bro, what the fuck is this? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just vibe to it. You listen to it. You like, me personally, I'm like, let me listen to how my 808's hitting or, you know, did they turn the melody down, how they riding the beat, stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes I'll just be deep into that um, versus more of what people think. I don't never care what people think about the music that I make. You know, a lot of people do. I don't give them two fucks about what you think about the music. You know what I'm saying? Like, we create it. If you vibe with it, cool, because everybody ain't going to like it. You know what I'm saying? Facts, and facts. there'll be people who do like it. So that's just how I am. So do you have a preference? Do you prefer to work with a younger artist versus an older artist? I, I don't really have a preference. I just know that younger artists are wet behind the ears and they don't listen. Um, it's harder dealing with them because they do a lot of stupid shit and they don't, like... You know, they could set you back from the mission. Um, you could waste a lot of time going into it. You have to have a lot of patience with a younger artist. But I don't really care, like, young or older. It don't really matter to me. Whatever, whoever it is, we're going to make some dope stuff. That's how I look at it. Okay. So, man, not only are you one of the top producers in your craft, you know, in, in this game, you wear some other hats. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you write. You know, yeah. you get a track you've seen, you record it, whatever. But also, you, you know, you're working with artists with Chibi, right? That's mm-hmm. one of your artists. Chibi, yeah. Talked about what that's like, you know, having an artist like that and making sure well, you're helping develop. It. I feel like Chibi, I feel like he was God sent to me. Um, I feel like God was like, yo, you you deserve this artist because you, <laughs> you don't work with so many artists. You don't try to develop so many artists and shit always went left with every artist you had. So I feel like I'm gonna gift you Chibi, right? Yeah, yeah. And when I when I when I first found Chibi, when his uncle brought him to me, he was 16 years old and he played me a song, and I was like, "Yo, this kid is special." Yeah. I'm like, "This this kid is really special. He's special. He got the look. He write his stuff. Like he has everything about him to be a star." And I I, mean, I know music, and I automatically knew. So when we started working. I started to send his his music out to um, labels and stuff like that. And I remember sending it to Dallas Martin. 
over at Atlantic and Dallas was like, yo, y'all need to come to um come to LA. Do I need to fly out? That's what you want. You want labels to be like, yo, we're gonna fly you out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But Chibi Uncle was like, nah, we big dogs. We gonna fly ourselves out. Now that was a good thing yeah, because yeah. it's like it's like it's basically showing you, it's showing like, yo, we can do this on our own. You feel what I'm saying? Showing that we 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 got power, like you got power, let's make something happen. So when we flew out to LA, um, we got in the studio and the first thing, and I the same thing I was telling Chibi's uncle, the first thing Dallas said is, I'm gonna tell you the same thing that I told Roddy Rich and the same thing that I seen in Roddy Rich. He's a star. He's going to be a star. But, you know, it's easier said than done. You know, you could tell somebody that and you could say that, but the person really got to follow that. They got to follow that journey. They have to do the work. If you don't do the work, you're not going to be shit. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you could be the best artist in the world, but if you don't do the work, that nigga that's doing the work going to pass you every time. So, you know, but, yeah, working with Chibi, I feel like that that was, that was a, a blessing that God owed me <laughs> yeah. for all the bullshit that I had to go through. So. And, and real quick, because you know you were talking, we were talking about the younger artists, and I know Chibi's kind of on a young, you know, he's kind of young, young, mm-hmm. a younger artist as well too. Um, with all the things that's going on in the world today, you know, we're seeing all these artists, you know, losing their lives and stuff like that. What type of advice are you giving Chibi? Like, hey man, make sure you stay. You know, man, you know. I've been giving this little nigga advice since he since day one. I remember when he was sixteen, seventeen. I had him come to my crib, and the first thing I said to him, I said, "Yo, let's look at this like sports, right? You in high school right now, right?" When you look at look at young athletes, right, they start out in high school, right, and they can't do it no more, but some can go straight from high school to the pros, right? Yeah. But some got to go to college. Yeah. And when they go to college, they develop not only their game, but they also develop themselves personally. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they develop themselves and become young men. So you skipping college and you going straight to, to the, the pros. Pro, yeah, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? So it's going to be a harder road for you. Like, you got to be more disciplined. You can't do the same shit. You got to grow up. I yeah. get it, you young, but you're going to have to grow up. You know, and I told yeah. Chibi this, and I think, you know, it was easier said than done because we've had a lot of hiccups. You know, we've had a lot of problems. And I'm not saying that, you know, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. You know, is it hard? Yes. You know, it, it's, it's very hard, you know, dealing with that, you know, such a young artist yeah. getting thrown on a tour when he's only 17, 18 years old, a 30 city tour that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, the girls, you know, everything that comes with it, you know, the popularity seeing your streaming numbers jump like it's a lot that comes with that so you know sometimes they lose focus you know yeah, they, yeah. they get influenced by other people influenced by other music young boy you feel what i'm saying like it's just a lot of that going on with the younger artists that you just gotta it's like almost having a kid almost having a baby bro and that shit is fucking stressful and yeah. people don't understand that bro but i can tell a story uh matter of fact it was me and tight we, uh-huh. were, we were out in frisco uh we went to, i think it was like common table or whatever and we saw chibi and mm-hmm. his uncle up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and He's we, about to beat somebody up. Yeah, so we had to like call, we had to tell him to call it down. You out here in Frisco, bro? Yeah. And like some dudes were trying to like, I'm like, yo, this mm-hmm. dude's a young dude. You trying to? Because we, we, we were gonna let him go down. It was mm-hmm. me and Ty there, so yeah, we, he was telling me we weren't gonna let it go down. We was like, it was, it was always gonna pop off. He he was gonna be taken I'm care of. I'm pretty sure I already know, bro. Chibi would have beat the shit out of them, and that's the thing, and that's why I try to keep that from happening. You feel what I'm saying? Like I told him. You know, even that type of, you know, thing. Like, I like the fact that he can hold his own. But even nowadays, niggas ain't fighting no more. Yeah, so, it's like, yeah. we got to be smart about yeah. what we do. Like, we too close to the finish line. And we just got to be smart with the moves that we make. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just an important, you know, we got to make sure we preserve, you know, our kings out here. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. people out here trying to catch you slipping at all times. Mm-hmm. They, they want what you want. And, you know, people will hate. Mm-hmm. That's what haters do. So, 
you know, I did my research on you. I know you started out as an artist. Uh huh. Tell me why you want to be an artist no more, man. <clears throat> First of all, the reason why I stopped being an artist was because it costs money to be an artist. <laughs> a lot of money to be an artist. So at the time, I was signed and I wasn't paying for that. But when I got out of my deal, I had to start paying for, like, you know, to be an artist and stuff like that. And I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, bro, like, I got into this business to live my life how I want to live my life. And I got into this business to make money and take care of my family. And if me being an artist is hindering what I'm trying to achieve, then I'm just not going to do it. So I just said, you know, forget it. And I stopped. And that's when I just started focusing more on production. And when I started focusing more on production, my it just went through the roof. And then everybody keeps saying, well, will you ever be an artist again? Hell no, because I don't want to do it. Like, I just, I find the peace in being able to be with my little girl, you know what yeah. I'm saying, being with my family, you know. Um, I find a peace in being able to set my own schedule and do whatever I want to do and not have to tell uh, somebody tell me how to do it, you know what I'm saying? So I like being behind the scenes, bro. I don't. I can do everything an artist do. Like, I'm just not on stage no more, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But everything else, you know, I'm good. Yeah, facts, facts. So uh, this is the party show. Everyone that you know watch this show. We call this this party show is called. Slow down. We just want to get to know you. This is where we kind of ask you some different questions. You know, they may okay. not mean nothing. Just we don't know where we're gonna go. We just gonna go with them. You yeah, cool yeah, with that? Yeah, all right. Yeah. So here's a here's a cool fun question for you. All right. Name your Mount Rushmore producers. My, it's crazy because it's like it's hard to do that because of the genres and the generations. Like, so it's hard to name. What is it for? Right? Yeah. It's hard to name four, bro. Like, I could only go off of. Hmm. Let me see. Cause I'ma leave people out that I really that influenced me. But um, I'ma have to go with uh. Hmm. It's hard, bro. Timberland gotta be up there. Timberland's one. I'ma say Kanye West for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I know I'm missing out. Um, but now I have to switch over, and I got to go with people like um, 808 Mafia, and I'm going to say them as a whole because Southside, I feel like Southside really kind of changed it. You know, the, I know Metro Booming came in with, with, you know, with Future and everything, but I really believe Southside really changed that, that trap sound. Um, so I got to go with him. Uh and I know a lot of people probably like, what? 808 Mafia? No, but they they really that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to see. So I say Timberland, um, 808 Mafia, uh, who are, oh, Kanye West. Shit, in the fourth. Man, it's hard, bro. It's hard because I've ch changed over so many times. I can't even really think of a fourth person that I, because there's so many. Because I want to say somebody like Boy Wonder because I think he's really dope. I want to say Mike Will. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to go with Mike Will. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Mike Will because Mike Will really changed the sound of how that shit sounds. Yeah. That so I'm going to have to go Mike Will, uh, 808 Mafia, Timbaland, and Kanye. Okay. I'm going to tell you someone who I think is really like, when I go back and look at his body of work mm -hmm. for his era, Scott Storch. Uh, yeah. I think Scott Storch was the man for his era. Like he, yeah. Everything he would make, the Scott Storch remix, I think that it was fire. Scott Storch is dope. I mean, he's a, he's a musical genius. Like, he's an actual musical genius, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's dope, but I just got, I, maybe he could make my top ten, but there's, there's yeah. other producers <laughs> that I would definitely put in front of Scott Storch, like, production, producer-wise, but he's dope, though. He's definitely a musical, he's probably one of the most musical um, 
producers in the game, and he was running it back yeah. in the day. He was running it. Everybody wanted yeah, Scott he was, Storch. He was running it, bro. <laughs> That's funny. You know, he made my he made my favorite R and B song. What's your favorite R and B song? Let me love you by Mario. That was a Scott Storch. Yeah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That is that track. Yeah. That track was fire, though. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, he was dry snitching in the song, though. But it's still a tight song. <laughs> you see the lipstick on his shirt? Like, it was dry snitching, bro. Like, he was simping, too. I, he sound like a pimp. If I was your man, baby, you. <laughs> Never worry about. <laughs> that was my joint, though. That, that's, that, that song is still a banger. Yeah. What do you think about that versus, matter of fact, Mario versus Omarion? Did you yeah, watch it? I don't it? watch versus. You don't? I don't watch versus. There's a reason why. You just it just does not entertain me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nothing about versus. I mean,. I'm not gonna say I, I watched maybe two verses, and I can't even remember which the two was one. Oh, I watched the uh, the Gucci and the Jeezy one. That show was funny. I watched that, that one. Um, and then I'm trying to think. It was another big one that I watched. I can't remember what it was, but I don't verses don't really. It's not entertaining to me. Like I don't got no hits on these shows on with these dudes. So it's like facts. I, I ain't facts. Really, you know facts. What I mean? Okay, so. You know, we talked about family for a little bit. I really want to talk to them a little bit more, all right? Yeah. Um, so being in an industry, you know, sometimes it's hard, uh, you know, having family, especially whenever you're in a public eye. Uh-huh. Uh, talk to me about the importance of the family to you in this business and being able to separate your family from the business and the light. How, do you, how can you keep all that separate? Well, I mean, it's it's been easy, kind of easy for me to separate my family from the business because my parents, my sister – um, that's usually, that's like my family. You feel what I'm saying? And then they don't care nothing about this shit. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? When it comes to me, they don't care about this. We don't talk about music. You feel what I'm saying? Like none of that. Like when people come to them and ask them for favors, like musically or stuff like that, they don't never tell me. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Because they don't care about none of that. Now, when you talking about separating my girl and my baby, my daughter from it, that's when it gets tricky for one, because my girl being that she's like an Instagram girl, you know, a social media, a socialite, uh, want to do TikTok and all of that shit. So she stay on social media and she always caught up in what's going on with social media and who's following me and shit like that. And when I travel, when I go places, which is annoying as fuck, it's yeah. not peaceful at all. So, of course, that, you know, is a problem. But when it comes to my daughter, I thought that I would be able to shield my daughter from not doing music because i'm like well shit i my daughter ain't doing no music because i did it and i know the stresses of music so she ain't doing it you can't do that because my daughter i'll be making beats she'll go upstairs grab her laptop and come downstairs and say she making beats too she'll pick up a mic and just start singing she'll go to concerts that my friends will perform at and jump on stage with them and want to be seen you know what i'm saying she asked me for christmas she said dad I want you to tell Santa Claus that I don't want no Elsa guitar. I want a real guitar this year. I don't want a, a fake Elsa guitar. And she's four. She said, Dad, I want a piano. You feel what I'm saying? So now it's like, and I remember um, Troy Taylor, one of my mentors, and even T, another one of my mentors, they just tell me you, you, you got a star on your hands yeah, and you right. can't really force her to not do what she want to do. I don't want her to be in this industry, but I can't force her not to be in this industry. So when it comes to her and my girl, then that's when it really get tricky and unpeaceful. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think, you know. That's in her, in her blood, you know. She, oh she's yeah, she's that's you know, yeah. daddy's girl, so yeah, you know, she, she, she has that in her blood. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's in her blood, and I just man, I just be wishing. I'd be like, man, like damn, like she won't pick up a guitar, right? I ain't never wanted to pick up a guitar. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like I don't even know where she got this guitar shit from. I'm like, 
You would have got okay, so I had to go buy her a real guitar. Surely she just be sitting there, don't know what she's doing yet. You know, I got to get her lessons, but she just yeah. be in there singing. Then her godmother bought her a mic the other day, so she just be on there singing. Like it's it's crazy, bro. But it's love though. Living her be- living her best life over yeah. there too. Okay, so I want to talk about something real quick. I think it was Diddy I heard, or I don't remember who it was. Someone said that R and B is dead. Uh huh. What do you think about that's the funny state that of R and B? That's funny that you said something about Diddy because the engineer who actually worked on his album just popped up in my live. Angie, shout out Angie, I love her. That's my dog. Okay. But um, you said what's the state of um? You said people that say R and B is dead or so R and B is popular. Yo, I always told people, and I still stand by this. I feel like R and B is dead, and do I think it could come back? I don't know. And the reason why I say this is because in order for something to come back, it got to start with the newer generation. Like you Mm -hmm. have to put that in a newer generation for it to come back because the older generation, they not influencing nothing. It's the younger generation that's influencing this. So when you have R&B, it's a difference. Like it's different now. Like the music is different now. People are singing different now. Like it's not the same R&B. So, I mean, is it coming back? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't really say it is. I can't really say it's not. I mean, when you look at the performances of records, yeah. I don't really see no big R&B records really jumping. I see people sampling old R&B songs and making renditions of it. Yeah, yeah. But as far as, like, an R&B song jumping to the, like, I mean, shit, we calling Drake R&B because I think that's the closest we're going to get. You feel what I'm saying? The mainstream R&B. You know what I mean? Uh, Rihanna, yeah. somebody like Rihanna, Beyonce, uh, was that really R&B? You know what I'm saying? saying like, really, yeah, it's, it's kind of more of a pop. It, that's it's a pop. Saying. It's a more of a pop thing. So it's like what is defined as R&B. The only thing I can really think of aren't. I mean, there's a lot of good R&B artists out there. Like they're not getting a lot of you know. It no push. Man, I could name a lot. There's, it a, is. there's a lot. I still listen to them. But I mean, I say I say who who, who does who still do big records? I guess you consider R&B. Uh, Bruno. I mean, I think Bruno still have. Big records as he had big records. Um, no, 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 no. I know he has big yeah. records, but you consider that R and B? I mean, I think he's funk. Funk soul. I guess it is funk soul. But I mean, I guess technically it's classified as if it's if it's if it's a record is getting uh, nominated. I know Justin Bieber is starting to do more R and B, and you know he gets it's so crazy because if Justin Bieber does it. It's gonna be everywhere. Yeah, but if Lucky Day do it, it, it has a limit. It reaches yeah. a certain plateau. Yeah. So it's weird, yo. Like it's a, it's a weird space. And even Justin has acknowledged that, you know, too. He's acknowledged that. So that's why I say R and B is it's weird, yo. I, hey man, let's just keep it. Let's call a spade a spade. If we go get a white boy right now, and he sings soul music that's like R and B, and we put him out there, he gonna blow up for sure. They gonna say R and B back. For sure, that's uh, for sure. You you, you spit facts, you spit facts real quick. So let we just touched on something real quick. You talked about Drake, considered him R and B, okay? So you know he does the rapper singer stuff. Uh huh. In your opinion, who was really like that first artist that was did that rapper singer? Oh my type god, vibe? bro! I can't remember his name. chaos. I think his name is chaos. Niggas probably don't even know who chaos is. I used to listen to him back when I was walking to school and stuff. Chaos. I think he's from Canada too. But I used to hear him rap and sing all the time, and he was dope. I had to pull up his old stuff. But I thought he was the one who was really, you know, doing it first. And, you know, I feel like 
I feel like the thing with Drake is Drake just such a genius that he just kind of made it like him, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like Kanye started it with the with the whatever that album is with the chicken something robot chicken. What is it? What is that album? I is can't remember, had? bro. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. the eight oh eight and heartbreaks. That was song. Eight oh eight and heartbreaks. I feel like kind of opened the door for it, and then I just feel like Drake made it his own, and he just became the the goat at it. I tell you, something I think was also kind of like. Kind of brought it to a mainstream, but it really ain't as big as a Drake. Yeah. Uh, Craig David. Craig David kind of had that rapper singer. No. He did kind of have that rapper singer kind of like. I mean, yeah, but he was singing though, like. But his, he was his verses were melodic, like rap melodic. Yeah, you know, though. and yeah. I feel like if you listen to a lot of Drake's older music, you can see that he was influenced by Craig David a little yeah. bit. But I'm not gonna say that Craig David was the one who. Start because chaos came out before yeah. you got to go back and listen to chaos because he came out before Craig David and I like Craig David but I'm hearing Tuesday and the Monday and Sunday and like yeah come on bro we talk Craig David we talk Drake you know yeah and like, then, you know down the south you know everybody everybody Craig favorite. David don't got no bars bro <laughs> <laughs> he don't got no bars <laughs> it's like you come on man that man's a singer man he got no, Drake got no bars man but uh. You know, down south, you know, they say our, our favorite singer rapper down here was Zero. Does everybody love Zero down here? He was the one that was really actually singing, rapping. Yeah. Even even Pimp C, rest in peace, Sweet Jones. I love. Mm -hmm. He was one of those rapper singers too. Like, so I mean, you really can't say. And I feel like a lot of Pimp C. I feel Drake was influenced a lot by. Oh, Houston. Drake was influenced by Houston sound. Period. period. Yeah, we so, already I mean, know that for sure. You so maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a, that's a question we will never know. I don't know. Drake got bars, bro. That man was a he rapper. Do. He was he doing his old stuff. He was a rapper. So, you know, shout out OVO, too. TV, Gucci, Chubbs, all them over there, man. Okay, so let, let's have some fun now. All right, let, let's get it heated. Let's get it popping in here now, all right? Yeah. All right, so we know you love fantasy football, all right? Uh-huh. I saw you just posted. You just won your, you know, your league's fantasy. Yeah, because I'm the There's GOAT. You the GOAT, okay. So let, nice. Let's talk about this real quick, all right? So uh -huh. what's your strategy when you're going in to draft your uh, team? Now you want to talk your, about my strategy. Let's talk about your strategy. Because, you know, some people, like, when they start off their draft, you know, they take a running back first, or I'm going to take a receiver first. I'm gonna, what's your strategy? When okay. You, when you're going so basically, when I, I've been, you know, all my friends, they started playing fantasy football before me, right? Yeah. So my thing is this. I ain't never played before. So when I'm playing it, I'm like, yo. This is actually easier than what people think, and it ain't got nothing to really do with who you know. It's all about it's all about the stats and you know the strategy of what the players do in that league, right? And it's about what weak-minded individuals you got in the league as well, right? So when I draft, I ain't gonna lie, all my drafts ain't been good. You know, I don't have really good drafts. Like I can dictate a draft, and I dictated this draft that just passed that we did. Um, I took a quarterback in the second round which made everybody start reaching for quarterbacks. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I can know how to dictate, but the main thing, I think my main gift is I know how to manipulate players off of niggas' teams. Like, I know how to get a nigga off a nigga team. Like, <laughs> I think that's my gift, and I think that's why I always win. Bro, somehow I always have the best players on my team at the end of the season. And niggas look, and, then, and when they get to the end of the season – they look at the, they look at my team and they say, bro, how the hell did you manage to get these acquire these pieces up in this time? And you know, that's just what I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, even though the first year, I think the first year I had started my league, I had Don Benjamin in my league, I had Kevin Durant in my league. You feel what I'm saying? And I fucked up. I traded Don my key pieces in the beginning of the season. This nigga won the league the first year. <laughs> Using my pieces, bro. He ended up winning the league the first year, but after that, I started getting smart. And um, I remember uh, I won it last year, 
and my friends was like, yo, well, these people that, you know, they can't play in your league this year because um, it was like they can't play because, uh, what do you say, uh, because they're stupid and they don't know what they're doing. They don't care about this, and you only won because this person is dumb and he traded you. I'm like, okay, so let's go get a whole bunch of new people this year. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we did. We got a whole bunch of new people. I won again. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm looking at him now like, what do you have to you say, say this time? What you got? It was nothing they could say. Well, this person is like this person. No, nigga. I'm going to continue to do this because this game is about manipulation. I can manipulate. I could sell water to a well. Didn't Jay-Z say that? <laughs> nigga, I'm that good, bro. I know what you need. Nigga, I traded Hilaire for Jamar Chase. Ask me how I did that. How did you how, wait. He was going crazy in the beginning of the year. It was hilarious. He did. Was yeah, putting yeah. up stupid numbers. I traded him while he was going crazy, and Jamar Chase wasn't doing. He nothing. He started off slow. That's right. He did start off slow. And then he picked up. He picked up. See, let me tell you what happened to me. This is what I did this year. Um, I drafted. I had the first pick in the draft, uh-huh. which I hate the first Ooh, pick. No, I hate yeah, the first pick. Yeah, no. Nah. I took Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, everybody did first pick. I traded him like. Yeah, a couple of weeks into the season. Oh, yeah. You but did I kinda, it right. I, 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 I kind of I I got a nice little package for it. Yeah, so you I just, traded him in the first beginning of the season. Yeah, you got I traded right. Jonathan Taylor and Deontay Johnson from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I got Aaron Jones from mm-hmm. the Packers. Adam Thielen from the, uh, from, from the, from the Vikings. Uh-huh. And uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers. So I got all three of them oh, players. Yeah, 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 you did. But you but then you ended up getting fucked because Mike Williams got yeah, hurt. And then but Aaron Thielen, Jones been on some dumb shit. So But Thielen been solid team. all year. Yeah, Thielen's been, been he good was solid all year. championship. The so championship week he fell off. I tell you, I was I was mad at C D though. C D started off slow, but then he picked <laughs> up. I'm like, bro, where was this at week one, two, three? I oh, needed yeah, He to went crazy. Championship he went week. Crazy, so mm-hmm. um man, you like being at the top of the draft, the middle of the draft when you draft. I like being at the bottom. I like the bottom. The bottom, I can just, I just feel like I got more, more room to play with, like players to get. It's not as much pressure. I was, I think, third pick this year, and I fucking drafted Najee Harris first. I will never do that again. Bro, I got rid of him terrible. quick. I got rid of him quick. Terrible this quick. year. I told you, I know how to manipulate. It's a quarterback. I think if he had a better quarterback, I think his numbers mm, would have been better. Maybe I don't really like him as a running back no more. I watch his games. I ain't really a fan of him as a running back anymore. I'm but you are in that division though. You a Baltimore. You know, you. you hey, even st- I still picked him up though. I'm just not a fan. I, I don't I don't like his style of running. I don't think he can see the hole. So I'm 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 good on him. Matter of fact, I might be good on any Steelers fan, uh, player because they all to me is not all oh, except for the wide receiver. Other than that, I'm good. Which one, Johnson? Mm-mm. I'm good on him too. Uh, what, what were the Pickens. receivers? Hick- yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> boy, yeah. He gonna be a, he gonna be a beast in another year. Yeah. Or so. All right. So who do you? Uh, I know I know you a Ravens fan. We, we know that we know that you a Ravens fan. We see that shit all on social media and everything. What's your realistic? What is your realistic two teams in the Super Bowl this year? Um, Chiefs, 49ers. Chiefs and 49ers. Who do you think is winning? Hmm. Hmm. Chiefs. Chiefs. No, no. Question here. If Jimmy G is ready to go and he's ready uh, to come back, hell, are you starting him or are you keeping Brock? Uh, I don't know, yo. Brock be letting that thing go. But see – it's a. I always tell people like I really know sports, yo. It's a difference when you got somebody. When you got somebody who has been there before, it's a little different than somebody who ain't been there before. But how are you gonna get them ready? But then it's like that's not even your quarterback of the future. So it's like you kind of gotta put Jimmy G back into that lineup. I yeah. mean, he's gonna hold it down. So it's 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 a hard decision, bro. It's a hard decision. 
How much time do you think they give Trey Lance before they're like, all right, man, they need to ship his ass off. I would, man, I'd get rid of him. What's the other one with the Packers, man? Him, he could go. Rodgers. No, not Rodgers. Oh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, man. They, I don't even know why they drafted him. He could go. Trey Lance can go. Um, Derek Carr can go. He can retire. Derek Carr can retire. I'm mad at Devontae. Man, don't get me started, bro. Let me start, bro. Mess my fantasy season up. I mean, you could tell the difference how much Devontae made a difference on the Packers, though. Oh, I'm telling you. He made a big difference. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was worth paying. You should have paid that man that money. Nah, they should have. I think they was. Him. I think he kind of just messed that up. I think he I think I think Aaron Rodgers messed it up when he took all that money. But I think from what I was told, the Packers were still trying to give him that bread. Hmm. He just wanted he was just done already. Mm-hmm. He thought, oh, man, like, I get it. I get it that Derek Carr is your boy from college. Yeah. But look at the NFL stats. Bro, How do you go call from- this man? He said, I went from playing with one Hall of Famer to another. I was like, when we, I heard that, I was like, like, what are you, what are you, what are you smoking right now, bro? Yeah. You just called this man a Hall of Famer. I get it's your best friend. Yeah. I get you have his back. You're reaching, bro. But it's like, yo, Devontae, you're a superstar, brother. Your man's is not a superstar, bro. Yeah. We can see it. Everybody sees it. Your coach sucked too. So now we got a coach that sucked and you got a quarterback that sucked. Your man Stidham came in the game and was dropping bombs to you. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, bro. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. So I think Stidham, that's going to be a quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. Unless Tom Brady wants to go to Vegas <laughs> for one last year. Who yeah. knows? We'll see what's going to happen in there. Yeah. All right. So I know I know you're an avid basketball fan. Yes, sir. You, you, I'll be seeing you playing in the leagues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're playing in all the different tournaments and stuff, man. I know KD. That's your boy. KD? I know yeah. that's your boy. Yeah. You think he's going to stay in Brooklyn or you think he's going somewhere else? I don't know, man. Um, KD going to do what KD going to do. Uh, he's always he's, – he's a, he's a free-flowing type of dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, we, you know, we really don't know what KD going to do. You know what I'm saying? All I know is he a good dude. I know that he's top three in the NBA. Um, you know, depending on what you're basing around. I know that if I start a franchise right now um, out of all the players in the league – You'd be surprised. I'm not going for Giannis. I'm not going for Luca. I'm starting it either with KD or I'm starting it with Steph. I mean, that's just what it is. Answer this hard question for me. Uh huh. Do you think KD would have had a ring if he would have been on another team besides Golden State? I do. Why I say that is because he already took his team. For one, he already took his team to the championship when Harden and Russell was on the team. Yeah. Two, if he would have went back to OKC, I feel like they could have beat the Warriors. Um. I mean, they, they lost to him. They barely lost to him. You know, yeah, the Warriors yeah. came back. Like, I feel like they could have beat them. Um, but if I was him, I would have still went to Golden State. And you know why? Because, nigga, I want to be happy. Them niggas look happy, happy when they playing, bro. <laughs> they be out there fooling, bro. They look happy. They look like they're having a good time. They know basketball. Like, at the end of the day, bro, if this is my profession, why I want to wake up and got to play with some niggas that don't know basketball? Bro, I hate doing that when I go play pickup. I be mad as shit. So I can only understand it's where somebody yeah, feels. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You got to work to get this and work to get, man, fuck all that. We going to go here and we going to win seven rings. Y'all going to be mad. Oh, you mad? Now we going to win ten. Yeah. That's how I felt about the situation. You feel what I'm saying? So... I mean, I, like I said, I think KD I mean, look at the team, what they're doing now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Honestly, and everybody, you know, they hate KD so much, they don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about if James Harden and Kyrie Irving never would have got hurt during that Bucks season, when, uh, Bucks series when they was whooping Giannis' ass and they was up 2-0 with just KD and Kyrie. 
and then Kyrie get hurt because Giannis slid under him. Giannis got a nerve to say, you see, I just told you, you know, you don't have to make a super team to win. Nigga, you slid under a man foot and took him out for the whole series. And now this man didn't have a team because when you have superstars like that, yeah. you don't really have a team outside of that. So this man gets tired. He tired of shit. He hit a three in one of y'all face, but it won a three because he stepped on the line. He almost ended you, but you talking about yeah. you don't got a team up just to win it. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro, because if Kyrie was healthy, they'd have they'd got them out of it. That's why I don't like that scrutiny that they put KD under because KD's actually leading teams, bro. It's just unfortunate stuff yeah. that happens yeah. to his teams when he gets to that next level. Because, I mean, he was young the first time he went. Like, when they went against Oh, they were super the, uh, young. He was 23. What was it when he, he was the Luka heat, age. When they played the Heat. He was Luka age. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was Luka age. I tell people that all the time. I remind Dallas fans of that all the time. KD went to the championship. Whoa, Luka don't got Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Well, nobody wants to play with Luka because Luka wants to keep the ball in his hand 95% of the time. I mean, in his defense, you see what he's playing with? How much help does he really have? I'm not trying to diss the mass, but I mean, what great Nobody caliber. wants to play with Luka because he has the ball in his hand 95% of the time. Luka is a white James Harden. Like, that's just what it is. He is. The facts, difference yeah. is James Harden was able to win with that team. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, they better find a nigga that could play like Chris Paul and bring him into the Mavs or something. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to see because, you know, we made it to the Western Conference uh, Championship. I, I needed to go back. We need to go back. We can't. It's possible. The, it's possible. The West, is, the West is not as good, so, I mean, it's possible. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, he's going to have – bro, he's scoring 60 points, 50 points, 40 points, nigga, in the beginning of the season. We ain't even all-star break yet, man. By the time we get there, man, Luka Fat-Ass going to be tired, bro. It's going <laughs> to be your hard, top five. Your top five starting lineup all time. Top five? Yeah, top five starting lineup. Oh, Steph Curry's number one, that's for sure. Steph, I got to go with Steph. Um – I'm going to go with Kobe. Everybody always bitches me out because of the Kobe and Mike and Kobe stole from him. I don't care. Steph, Kobe, uh, LeBron, KD, and Shaq. So it'll be a high-scorer team, but they ain't going to play no defense on that. Uh, <laughs> ain't a lot of defense on that team. But. I mean, shit. You got, you got, I mean, you got a seven-footer. At What do you mean, no defense? There's not a lot of LeBron defense. LeBron don't play defense? He does play defense, but Steph ain't that Oh, well, I, I'm not worried about that. Like, <laughs> I already know Steph. Like, I'm not worried about that. Like, Steph <laughs> won four championships. <laughs> come on. <laughs> hey, come on, bro. Four championships. I mean, we ain't worried about it. We know other people got defense to play, so. Okay. So, if you could, uh. If you could, here's a different question. Let's go, let's go back to the music side of it. If, uh -huh. you, if, you, if you could build your own label, okay, and you could take an artist from different genres, what would you build your roster? What would be your dream roster? Of artists? Talent, yeah. Shit, talent man. If we talking about before Kanye started doing this Kanye stuff, he def, if I had to take five, how many? Five? How, do like, as many like, as you like, want. Like, do five. Let's no, do five. No, no, five. No, I would do five. Uh, it would definitely be Kanye. Drake, um, Kendrick, Kanye, Drake, Kendrick, um, and then I want to add, hmm, uh, I want to add Justin Bieber on there, and I want to add, I'm going to add Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone, Justin Bieber, Kendrick, Drake, and Kanye. Got a question for you here. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this question. Do you think Beyonce would have been as big if Aaliyah wouldn't have died? Uh, yeah, of course. What? Beyonce, at the end of the day, is a, she's the queen. She would have been the queen. I mean, you got to look at it like this. Do you think Aaliyah can outsing Beyonce? 
No, but I feel like the position and things that Beyonce has done, like when she, Beyonce started doing the movies and stuff, Aaliyah was already on it doing movies. Right. But why couldn't Beyonce do the same thing? I don't know. Do you only have one top spot, really? Do you? I think. For I think Rihanna's bigger. So what do you mean? I think Rihanna's bigger than Beyonce. So I, that is that is that is the biggest argument there is. Rihanna so versus say, Beyonce. That's why I say. So how can you only have one top spot if they both killing it? They both queens. But both how many? How, ma- how many of them both have had both big records out at the same time? People don't drop when others. I'm drop talking. About, I'm see. I'm talking about as a whole. Yeah. We talking about as a whole. Rihanna's a billionaire off of other, you know, yeah. makeup and yeah. all of that type stuff. And when she put out records, they. I, I yeah. mean, they go. I've never seen Beyonce and Rihanna put out records at the same time for us to be able to gauge it. But when yeah. Rihanna put out a record, it's top five. Yeah, for sure. When Beyonce put out a record, it's top five. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, that's why I say you say we can't have two. We got two. Ain't nobody bigger than Queen B and Queen Rihanna. Yeah. Ain't nobody bigger than them. No, I just felt like I was always said because, you know, you know, Elite, you know, she had that Rockefeller influence, you know, you know, with Jay and Dame and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I felt like if she still would have been prior, like she would have been, I Aaliyah, think it was just no disrespect to Aaliyah. Um, I just don't. Th- I think Aaliyah got bigger when she passed, like like a, a lot of artists do. Um, I feel like she got bigger. I feel like when Aaliyah was here, her music was dope. She was um she could sing and she was super beautiful. Like she was a beautiful woman and she could act her ass off. So yeah. I see what you're saying, but when I'm looking at it from like an entertainer perspective. And what Beyonce has done and what she was doing, even when she was with Destiny's Child, nah, I don't think so. I think she was been going to do that. You can't stop what's for somebody. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that was for Beyonce. And I'm not really the biggest Beyonce fan, but you know, I, you gotta, you gotta respect it. Well, I know her fans; they would drag you in a second. You see oh, something? Oh yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. You that know, beehive them, that beehive is crazy. I mean, I'm not the like I said, I'm not the big, but I re, I respect it. You know, I respect yeah. me. I like her older music. I'm not really, well, I wasn't really a fan of the, the newer stuff that she had put out. But you know, I respect you know Beyonce and Rihanna too. Look forward to seeing you know that what she come out with next. Man, I was uh, actually kind of blown away when I found out one of her biggest records, like to the left. Neo wrote that. Which one? To, to the left? To the left. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a Neo song, bro. He wrote that for himself. Oh, okay. Originally. Uh-huh. And I guess he had pitched it to somebody else. And they was like, L.A. Reid was like, yo, bro, this this sound like a song for a chick, bro. It sounds just like it sound just like a Neo song. When he was dropping, that was his sound yeah. when he was dropping. So, I mean, I'm not surprised by that. But, you know, then you got Umbrella, The Dream Road, which is massive. You know what I'm saying? So. Man, The Dream. I love The Dream, bro. Mm-hmm. Like Genius. Genius. He genius. is a genius. Mm-hmm. This, 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 that guy, man, he... Yeah, there's a lot of artists that become they were writers first, then become yeah. yeah artists afterwards because they're the real artists. They're the real artists, and and what do, what do you think is it? What do you prefer? Would you prefer just being a writer or the artist? I'd rather be the writer first. What for sure? Because yeah. I'm getting them hits. Yeah. Even if I'm behind the scene, I'm writing them. I'm pinning them hits. I mean, I can pin me something whenever I want to. Look at Ed Sheeran. Come on, yeah, Ed Sheeran. Writing for Taylor Swift and all these other people, like we writing them hits, and then we could be an artist too. Like, come on, let me. That's what I seen, like, that's, that's been a good formula I've been seeing. Man, like. listen, I need money to survive, bro. I, I like, I like money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, if I'm writing big records and I'm getting paid, that's what I want to do. You know, we jump on stage later, but like, as long as I can solidify it with them hits, yeah. keep that publishing coming in, we good. So, Severance and someone out here, you know, watching this podcast, and it's like, yo, I want to get to a Jay Oliver status. I want to learn 
you know, the things that Jay Oliver did. What advice would you tell that person? Like, you know, how, you know, where can they start at? Um, oh, man, you have to be uncomfortable. You got to make yourself uncomfortable. When I say that, you got to take a leap of faith. You got to step out on God. Like, that's where you start because that's what everybody's missing. They comfortable. Like, if you comfortable, you ain't like when I was doing music, I always felt like if I don't get my life together, if I don't do this, my mom's going to pass and she's not going to see me be successful. I always thought it made me uncomfortable thinking that. So if you're not uncomfortable, then you content. Yeah. Can't be content. That's where you start. You don't start musically. You don't start business wise. You start with that mindset. And once you have that mindset, then you can go and try to take it to the next level. So if you could give an advice, it could be any advice in the world. Mm-hmm. If you could give some, any advice to anyone, what would it be? If I could give advice to anything, anybody in the world, it would definitely, like I said, definitely stay humble, for one. A lot of people always say, you know, it's cliche. It's very true. You got to stay humble. If you don't stay humble, people will not fuck with you in any industry, especially any in industry dealing with a lot of money, because people are very insecure. And when they feel like somebody can take their place or when they feel like they can be replaced, then they're not going to mess with you. They don't see a value in being friends with you or even around you. So my advice is definitely stay humble and stay uncomfortable until you reach it to where as though you're like, okay, I can sit back and look over all of this and I work my ass off to be here. Because the moment you get comfortable, that's when all hell break loose. When you don't really have it, man. Facts. So tell us, people, what you, what you got coming up next? Well, I mean, right are- now I'm just working with Chibi, like you, like we mentioned earlier. Right now, I'm working with Chibi. Hopefully, I can land this deal um, with this group of people within the next few weeks. Um, and that's that's really it. That's my focus, and just getting these records, getting as many big records as I can, making and continue to make good music, man. And hopefully, I can help put some people on along the way. Some underground you know writers underground singers you know producers hopefully i can help them if i can help myself i'd be able to help them so i like doing that it makes me feel good so that's what i'm working on man facts facts i well, appreciate you pulling up to the podcast you know what i'm saying we're gonna we're gonna talk about some more sports off the off the air we're yeah, we, we, we gonna sure, get heated later sure. you know what's yeah. up, man but you tell people where they can find you on social media where all the pages they want you to follow well, you you just follow hit TV. Me yeah. on instagram at i am j oliver i a m uh, J-O-L-I-V-E-R-4-1-0. Um, Chibi's is a uh, I hate Chibi. I-H-8, number 8, C-H-I-B-I. Definitely go check him out. And go check that out. Go check out all the tracks that J. Alvin. Go, go Google this man. <laughs> if you really don't know who he is, go Google him, you yeah. know. Look at the Wikipedia. You know what I'm saying? We got the wiki. You know, you somebody and we got the wiki, bro. <laughs> so so Google the fam. Go look at all the tracks he done got because he's got some major, major tracks underneath his belt. Yeah. You know, again, shout out to my brother, Tight. Yo, shout out, Tight, bro. Hope you're doing good out there, bro. Go listen to that 1205 Project, produced all by Jay Oliver. Mm-hmm. Shit was fire. Then, you know, we played Lyrically Correct with your boy, Jay Oliver. Oh, yeah. See, see how good he did with the Lyrically Correct, you know, lyricallycorrect.com. Um, yo, and that's it. You know, it's your boy Ray. You know, another edition of Ray Ray's podcast. You know, gotta leave you with some positive words. You know, it's a new year, 2023. You know, it's that Jordan year. So tell yourself, I will boss up physically. I will boss up mentally. I will boss up financially. I will boss up spiritually. Invest in yourself. It's your boy Ray, and we out. Hey, get money all day, get money all night.
Get money all day, get money all night. Sip my drink, ho, let's get right. 